everybody and welcome to a very special edition of kaiju transmissions super special <laughs> super special uh, uh i'm i'm kyle bird i'm your host uh and I'm my co yeah my Hi. my co-host yeah yeah uh we have uh our uh sort of sometimes uh one of our uh, the rotating doors of unofficial third hosts, uh, our friend Tom is here, who who is no stranger to the show. How are you? I, sir? They're they're holding me captive for this one. <laughs> Tom begged to be on this episode. <laughs> blink blink twice if you're being held captive. I am blinking <laughs> twice. Um, and uh, <laughs> I don't know if, uh, if you guys knew, but a, a new Godzilla movie came out this week. Yay. Yeah. Excited. Normally this would be <laughs> Normally uh, that'd be the reaction. <laughs> um so the, I am referring to the Planet Eater, the third installment and final installment of this Godzilla anime trilogy. Woo! Thank <laughs> God. I'll preface this by saying if you really like these movies, you should probably just stop. <laughs> Join us next time. Uh, however, if you're like me, if, if you are somehow a fan of these, and you are like me, and you kind of like listening to podcasts with uh, different opinions, positive or negative, maybe you, sh- you can stick around and uh, endure whatever's about to happen. We left off on this topic in July with City on the Edge of Battle, which uh, I called the worst movie in the Godzilla series. It, it totally uh, And the worst thing in the Godzilla franchise, possibly. Um, I haven't backed down on that. I ju- in, even in terms of this anime trilogy, that second one just is n- just brain-numbing to me. Um... But here we have the third one. It's finally uh, the thrilling conclusion. Um, and uh, we'll talk about the movie. We'll give our synopsis. We'll give our thoughts. And um, we'll also, uh, since the second movie came out, um, there's been some very troubling statements made by the filmmakers that i think we should kind of talk to talk about a little bit talk to i'd love to talk to those guys um (laughs) i have a lot of questions (laughs) (laughs) Um, how did it get made that'd be my first one toho that's an easy answer yeah they don't care (laughs) 
<clears throat> All right, so the Planet Eater. Um, yeah, we can uh, we can dive right in, I guess. Um, Go right into it. Yeah. <laughs> Have I said that on, like, every episode I've ever been on this show? Probably. All right. Um, Planet Eater. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, no, can, can I? Can I? I think I can maybe do this. Please, God. Don't yeah, 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 please. So, so please okay, do hang it. on, though. For, so, this is the first one. Well, it's the only. It's only that it would only be the second one that's a sequel. But this one actually does start, like, right where the other one ends, whereas I feel like the second one kind of didn't as much. I don't know if, if, if I'm remembering that correctly. I might not be, but. I feel like I remember the second one and it being, who did we do a little little time jump here? But uh, this one, this one picks up right where the the last one ends. Um, and after his triumphant victory over Mechagodzilla City, Godzilla is doing what he loves to do in this in this series. He's taking a nap. Um, he's taking a nap. I don't blame him. Uh, well, no. He's, he, if he's watching this, he's he's bored out of his mind too. Um, so he's taking a nap, and meanwhile, two characters are idly cha- two characters. Uh, did, did either one of you guys know who these guys were? Because I never saw either one of them before. Uh, I have two- vague memories of them. <laughs> one of them's Martin, right? Is it, is it Martin? They're two human characters, and they're staring at Godzilla. And one guy's like, "He's sleeping," and the other guy's like. <laughs> Okay, and then the, the guy's like, boy, Godzilla really sucks, doesn't he? And the other guy's like, well, do you remember how Godzilla was created? And the guy's like, uh, nuclear bombs? And he's like, but what if it was a conspiracy? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Roll credits, and we're off with Haruo, who is um, now being like persecuted by half of the people on the... Um, on the spaceship, what's the name of that ship? The is eight, um, atrium, eight, whatever. Air- the, the ship, the <laughs> ship that's orbiting the Earth. Like half the people on there are like <clears throat> Haru is a dick because Mechagodzilla City could have beaten Godzilla if he would have just bonded with the nano metal. And the other half is like, so you wanted him to turn all of us into robots? That doesn't really help us to to you know, exist. And then tensions are rising. So then back on earth, um, this guy, is it Aaron or Adam or whatever his name is, is like, Hey, Haru, that like, there's a lot of stuff going on up on the ship. So what we're going to have to do is put you into hiding. And they're like, Oh man, what are we going to do without Haru? Because, uh, all the people on earth now are worshiping this guy because, um, he was able to fend off the nano metal while it took over so many other people and like, Oh, it must've been a miracle. He's been chosen by God and Mephisto, the, um, the exiles, Metfees. Yeah. Mephisto, that's what I said. <laughs> um, he is like met Metfees. He's like, he's, he's like building up Haruo as this like iconic figure to the, all the people who's like, yeah, it, it was a miracle. I know. Um, so Haruo, though, goes into hiding. Um, meanwhile, Metfees is like building up his legend more. And um, the the real reason Haruo goes into hiding is so that uh, both of the insect women 
the the Ho- the Hotua. They're like Kaimana and Komena or whatever their names are. It, it's sort <laughs> of both of them. It's uh, it's uh, Mina Mina and Miana Miana. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. It's so that they can both try to have sex with him. That's actually true, though. (laughs) And and so that he can have sex with one of them. Um, He picks the jerky one. (laughs) Anyways. Why his uh, other love interest, Yuko, lies in a coma. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. She's in a coma. Well, she's she's a, well. He 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 was probably like, eh. She is my cousin. That's kind of weird. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> no one knows if she's his cousin or his sister. Anyways, so the Bill of Saludo have tried to take over the ship, and Haru is in hiding so that the the guy so that they can be like, oh, we don't even know who Haru is, so you can't punish him, so you have to give the ship back. Um. No, nothing ever happens with that, by the way. Um, what what ends up happening is Metfees builds up the legend of Haruo so much to the people on Earth, and some random exif on the ship also builds up the legend of Haruo that they all pray to Gidra. And they're like, oh, Gidra, we believe in you. It, it's it's kind of like um, in... In Peter Pan, when Tinkerbell starts dying, and they're like, "Oh, if you just believe in her, she'll she'll come back around." <clears throat> so uh, they believe in Ghidorah hard enough, and if you believe in him hard enough, he he comes out of three black holes, um, and these little incandescent pipe cleaners come down from the sky. Um, <laughs> one of them blows up the ship, so now there's only about like I don't know. 10 people left in all of human existence. Um, a whole bunch of them get their heads bitten off by uh, some weird astral projection of Gidra as well. So, I don't know, there's only like about five or six people left now. Um, Haruo comes back out of hiding and confronts Metfees, and they go off into this weird... Um, I don't even want to give it the... the credit of calling it metaphysical they go off into this like battle of wills uh meanwhile gidra um comes down from the sky after blowing up the ship um he rests one of his mouths on godzilla's shoulder uh rests (laughs) rests another one on godzilla's arm uh another one on godzilla's leg and godzilla's hands just kind of pass through him idly and um the, the the three or four characters who are left alive are like, oh my god, we can see it, it's there, but it's not showing up on any of our instruments. It must be from another dimension. Um, Godzilla tries like charging up his power, the the glowing red thing that he did at the end of uh, the second movie. Um, Gidra sucks his heat out of him, and then. Um, he lifts him lightly up off the ground into the air. He's kind of cradling him up in the air. The first time uh, Godzilla moves in the entire movie, by the way. At least his he, feet. Well, he doesn't move. Um, he's he's he stands still while Gidra lifts him up. There's a that's it's like being in an elevator. You're not moving. Um. Meanwhile, Metfees and Haru are having this kind of like philosophical discussion. I hesitate to even call it a battle of wills. Uh, Metfees is basically explaining to Haruo, hey, 
we're we were a super advanced civilization. We were so advanced, we were able to predict all of time. And what we figured out by predicting all of time forever for eternity is that eventually we're all going to destroy ourselves. That's just what civilizations, that's what they all do. So instead of that happening, we sacrificed ourselves to Ghidra um, because reasons. And so a few of us, though, survived so that we could bring Ghidra to other planets and he could destroy the other planets because they were going to be destroyed anyway. So why not have them be destroyed by Ghidra because he's glorious and gold um, and looks like pipe cleaners. So Haru was like, it's not, that's not really cool. And this, and Metfi's is like, you know, no, it's, it's pretty cool. If you think about it, um, it's kind of awesome. And Haru is starting to be like, Oh yeah, you know, maybe it is kind of cool. Um, and, and he's getting kind of convinced. And then, uh, m- m- the insect chick that, that Haru banged, Mena, I believe, puts her hand on Mothra's egg, and then Mothra flies through Haru's brain and wakes, snaps him out of it, and um, I don't know, do I want to go ahead and spoil the ending? Yeah, who cares? <laughs> um, Haru wakes up, uh, crushes Metfi's skull with his bare hands, and then, uh, and then Gidra becomes real. Uh, Godzilla lightly taps him on one neck and that neck explodes and disappears like, um, like Peter Parker at the end of Avengers Infinity War. Spoiler alert for that movie. Um, his tail bumps into another neck and it kind of floats away, but it doesn't disappear. He, uh, grabs the other head and like kind of rips it and that one goes away, but doesn't disappear. And then he blasts them with his radioactive breath and then he goes back to sleep. Uh, Haruo, meanwhile, you know, takes the like 10 or 15 people that are left in human existence to the Hotua and they all start kind of living together. Um, <coughs> this Aaron, is it Aaron or Adam? Whoever this guy is, this, this other character is like, Hey, I found one of those, uh, what are they called? Vultures? Yeah. Yeah. The, the big I, mech, I, uh, things, the big, yeah, flying, the mechs. yeah, yeah. I found one of these vultures, and I'm pretty sure I can get it working by uh, by using um, what's the girl's name? Yuko. Yuko. By by using her her body as a as a battery. Um, that's cool, right? Because some you of know? the nano metal is still active. Yeah, yeah. the, the nano metal is active. Let's just let's just use her um, like a machine for the rest of her existence. That's that's pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> so Haru was like, "Well, that's, that sucks." He also kind of comes to this realization that uh, it's his attitude towards Godzilla that doomed everyone, which is just, we'll get into it. Um, But, like, because he hates Godzilla, Godzilla and humans can't get along and coexist because there's this hatred towards him. So he takes himself, because he's the last kind of person who actively hates Godzilla, uh, Yuko... Because she has the nanometal and this vulture, and he charges Godzilla so that Godzilla can destroy them all. 
so that the remaining humans and the Hotua can, you know, find a way to exist and coexist with with Godzilla on on Earth. Um, and then there's a post credit scene. It's a great one too, where a bunch of kids are sacrificing and burning an effigy of the vulture that uh, Haruo was in. So Haruo has become exactly what he tried not to become, and that is like a an idol for a godlike worship. And that is how this uh, <laughs> series comes to its quote-unquote thrilling conclusion. It's great. Um, the epic battle between Godzilla and Ghidra is Ghidra lightly resting his mouth on Godzilla. Godzilla accidentally bumping into him a couple times. Uh, and that lasts an hour. Like, this isn't, like, five <laughs> minutes. In it. It, like, that lasts, like, the last two-thirds of this movie. Um, yeah, and that is that is this movie. It is... Oh, God. Um, it's slightly more entertaining than either of the first two. Uh, just because, like, there are things that happen in it. Yeah, this is... Higher ratio of things happening to minutes of screen time than either of the other two. Yeah, I mean, if if someone was like, you have to pick one of these three movies, like, what one is, like, the one that's the best? Like, I I think this one probably is. Oh, Um, this is the only one that deserves any number of actual stars. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair enough. The other two are both zeros. This one deserves a number that we'll get to. Um, but uh, but also, at the same time, as a story and as a movie, it might be kind of worse than the other two because it doesn't get that benefit of the doubt that the other two had. Now, again, of like, oh, another one's coming, another one's coming, yes. yeah. Yeah, like, oh, something will resolve that plot thread that they left dangling, or something will address this. Like, this is the one that's supposed to kind of address all those things, and it just doesn't. And it doesn't pay off a bunch of the stuff, and it doesn't even pay off stuff that it sets up. You know, like, and it's weird, because even if it didn't pay off things from the first two... You might forgive it, but I probably wouldn't because it's, I mean, these things were really six months apart. There's no way they should be forgetting what they were setting up. Do you know what I mean? Like, this isn't like, this isn't like uh, three years later, five years later, and they weren't even sure they were going to make another one. You know, this is, this is, these were all made at the same time. Um, but you might forgive it, but like this movie does not pay off the things that it sets up. Like right in the first five minutes of the movie, there's that thing about Godzilla being a conspiracy, right? And then that's never brought up again. It's never paid off in any s- significant way. It's tangentially kind of brought up again. Well, I think I'll save that till we kind of get a little deeper into it. But like, it, it just it it just hangs there like a wet fart, and then because like you don't know who these characters are, you don't know why this guy thinks that either, right? He's like. What if Godzilla was a conspiracy? It literally like, comes out of nowhere, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, Godzilla was a conspiracy. And this guy's like, I can't even allow myself to believe that because of what it would mean. And then that's the only time it's ever mentioned. So who cares? <laughs> 
it's just it's 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 weird because like yeah like i said it's um it's more entertaining but in some ways the the writing might be even worse than the than the first two because the way the story hangs together is so shitty and the way it pays things off and the and the internal logic of it is actually worse than i think both of the other ones and we'll get into that but yeah that was that was kind of my like i watched it and i was like god that was terrible i guess i i if you were like if you if those were the only three Godzilla movies in existence, if those were the only three movies in existence, the third one is the only one I'd ever watch again. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, it does have the most. I guess I guess the story, if you the what there is, it moves at a faster pace than the the rest of them, like. You know, 20 minutes in, uh, the Mechagodzilla aliens try to, like, take the ship hostage, and, you know, then after that, there's the Mechagodzilla fight, whereas, like, the last movie, I, nothing happened. I don't think throughout the whole thing. So, like, it, it accomplishes the bare minimum there of, like, there's things, and they happen. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean... They don't necessarily build off of each other, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, the, and you could arrange you could rearrange the scenes of this movie in almost any order, and it wouldn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Other than like the ship has to blow up before Ghidra is destroyed, but but that's it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really the same... I mean, the big problems are the same as what they were in the last movies, and that's that it's so focused on on explaining, you know, the science, and um, in this one, it's a lot of philosophical, you know, stuff that just is really just empty platitudes. Um... And it, it, it's doing all this, and, you know, it's building this conclusion and this battle of wills and ideals between um, Haruo and the alien, but, like, throughout the course of these three movies, we we really don't... We don't know either of these people or why we should care what either of them have to say or believe. So when the climax is, like, this battle of philosophies... Like, I don't really care about either of their philosophies, because I don't, like, I've spent three movies with these people, and I don't know any more about them right now than I did ten minutes into the first one. And anyone saying, oh, Metfees was an alien, like, oh, you didn't see that coming, it's like, I did. (laughs) I'll be straight up with you guys, I, like, right from the beginning, not only, because, like, a lot of people are like, oh... You know he's an exilian, and I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, we you could have predicted that, and they're like, yeah, but could you have predicted that they worshipped Gidra? And I was like, yeah, and they're like, yeah, but could you have predicted that they would have willfully wanted Gidra to destroy them? I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> Did you pay attention to what happened at the end of the first movie. See, now I hated that movie, and I I did not go back to rewatch the end of it for this, uh, so I don't know the exact quote, but when he sees. Godzilla Earth rise out of the ground. He says something where while everyone else is like dying and suffering, he like marvels at the destruction. 
Yeah. And then says something about how, like, something to the effect of, this is pretty awesome. Can't wait until he and Godzilla, you know, he fights our god and we see who the true god of destruction is. And you're like, okay, well, clearly this guy wants Gidra to destroy things. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, it was the same with the, the Mecha Godzilla aliens. Like, I. You know, if you're familiar with the Godzilla mythology, I I, I think you knew what everyone was up to. Um, but it's... Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's the big... Like, each of these movies has, like, <clears throat> kernels and skeletons of concepts and ideas that are pretty cool. The problem is they don't... They, it, they're almost it's it's like window dressing and and they don't bother to explore anything on more than a surface level the first one the setup is brilliant uh the, the humanity has to come back to earth and they find that uh time relativity has sprung them what like 22 very far into the future and the entire planet has adapted to Godzilla I, give that to someone who knows what they're doing, and I mean, you can run wild with that. Same with, um, you know, if you're gonna do a Mechagodzilla made of nanometal, the idea that, oh, Mechagodzilla's nanometal during all this time grew sentient and took over a city, that's cool, but don't make it, don't put it in a movie where people literally talk about n- fake nanometals and compounds and then in the last 10 minutes have this philosophical choosing individuality over a hive mind and then not have mechagodzilla as the cherry on top you know and then in this one you know this whole battle of um uh, philosophies going on between the two the the hero and the villain the um the whole versus Hope versus uh, despair, right? Right. Like, there's that. There's the um, the idea that Haruo is like, well, if we use the nanometal again, we're going to be where we what got us into this mess. We're going to be screwed again. So I might as well just try to stop it while I can. Um, and the whole uh, thing of the the exifs using uh, religious manipulation to you know form this cult and manipulate Haruo into using his hatred of Godzilla to summon Ghidorah like how i just explained it is more interesting than how it is in the movie and those are those are decent cool ideas that like you could do something really cool with the Godzilla universe and those concepts but it, it it's so obsessed with its own in-universe stuff that doesn't really matter. Like I said, take the second movie, for instance. The theme of that movie is all packed in the last five minutes or so when he's like, oh, join the hive mind uh, and become Mechagodzilla or die. And he's like, no, I'm going to choose my individuality and thus dooming humanity, which in a way sets up for an interesting philosophical conundrum in this, but it's it's not built up. And it's it's really not earned. None of this stuff is earned. And like I said, it's just the most surface level. And um, yes, it, it, that stuff is all. It's what the, the ratio should be completely flipped. Basically, that should be the the bulk of what everyone is 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 striving towards and talking about things. 
what the movie spends its time talking about and striving towards and and dealing with is oh i can't see or Ghidorah doesn't show up on the instruments try infrared try seismic <laughs> try radar try something else try electromagnetic <laughs> try this and you're like and and then it's like but he's but i can see him but he's not on the sensors but i can see him We'll try that sensor, but I can see him. And then, and then, oh, Godzilla is 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 heating up, but he's not heating up because something is sucking his energy. I wonder if it's Ghidra. I can see him, but he's not on the sensors. But it's but something is sucking out the energy. What's happening to it? It's being sucked out. His molecules are vibrating. What's happening? His shield is working. The electromagnetic forces are still strong, but he's clearly being damaged. Like. <laughs> that's I'm not kidding. Exactly what happens. Holy that, shit! That is that is not a joke. That's like a that is just what factor. happens. Oh no, I mean, and and, almost, and think that of is almost verbatim dialogue. Yeah, like, well, yeah, and and but uh, yeah, they they spend their time doing that instead of like building any characters. Like, look at the first movie when they get back to Earth, and it's like, oh, the entire planet has terraformed itself to basically belong to Godzilla. Whoa! This is that's a crazy world. Let's explore it. Oh no! Let's just go inside and talk about shields. Godzilla shield. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, Let's I think do that, more of in this movie again. Right, and, and that's the common thread in all of these: is that it's it's instead of exploring these interesting philosophical ideas or exploring the the interesting universe that is going on in the background. It's exploring all. It's ex, it's exploring everything that doesn't matter, where everything that does matter is just fallen into the into nothingness. You it's know, explaining the made up science. Yeah, it, it, and I, that extends to um, the the Hauta, the this trilogy's version of you know the Mothra fairies. Like, we never know why they have this connection to Haruo. We don't know why. Like, their explanation for wanting to have sex with him is to connect life. We don't really learn what that means. Because um, it's, in, it's in broken English, which, I mean... Well, sure, I it, but... You, but I, like, something has to explain... Like, you have to... Exp- like, something has to explain that. Right, but you can build... Like, you can build a relationship between those characters. You don't... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then, oh, and then all this talk about uh, this is our egg, we pray to it every day. Uh, That's in the second movie a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of Mothra teasing, and then we get... And then in this movie, they're like, oh yeah, there's the egg, and then Mothra flies through his brain. As, as a silhouette. Yeah, they couldn't even be... And I, I can deal with, like, oh, we don't really get Mothra proper, but, like, e- even if Mothra was cool in the vision that he has, I could be like, oh, that's neat, but, like, it, it's not, it's a, just a black silhouette, you know? It's, a, it's the same thing as all the little silhouette stick figure things that pop up in uh, the first, what is that, five or ten minutes of uh, Planet of Monsters? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> when they're like, oh, Hedra came or whoever, you know, and it's like the little stick figure silhouette kind of pops up. Yeah. Like, I yeah. mean, you you could do like a trippy psychedelic dream sequence with like a really colorful and crazy looking Mothra. But no, let's just use a black cardboard cutout, basically. 
Yeah, but she made them, you know, fall from the sky from the airplane. That that was important, I thought. That's not the real sky. <laughs> As they embrace lovingly and fall, and then and, she disappears. And then, no and then she just disappears, and yeah, that exactly. eyeball appears. That's exactly correct. And then he crushes his skull with his bare hands. But then they embrace at the end, guys. They're friends again, and, and Haru seems very sad that he died. Yeah, that is weird. That was the fucked up part for me. Is that didn't guy, make any sense? Well, like this guy is well, helping on well, revenge. Well, here's well, here's the thing about that, and I, I I admit I like when they announced this as a trilogy, I was like, okay, well, you know, six months apart, maybe I'll rewatch the previous one. But like, I disliked the other one so much, I didn't do that. And so it might just be my memory of the last movies, but I do do know that in this one they do kind of flash back to Metfee's holding his hand as a child, and and so is the implication there that he no, kind of like wasn't real, man. Well, I know it was part of like the vision, but are they? Yeah, but but also remember that they sh- he figures out that Metfee's kills his grandparents by setting a bomb with yeah, him. Like that's the whole thing. This guy is, he's, he's hell-bent on revenge. He screams and cries about Godzilla killing his family, and all he can think about is getting revenge. The guy that really killed everybody is Metfees. And at the very end of the film, they're holding hands, hugging each other. Well, that was my, are they implying that he kind of raised him after his, uh, his family died? No. Okay. No, not at all. <laughs> no. Okay, well then, in that case, I don't really know why. Not the, even slightly, because... Because Metfees isn't the one who leads him onto the ship. It's his grandfather. And he never really... He was using that to con- convince him to sacrifice himself. To yeah, him. yeah. It was part of the yeah. vision. Yeah, I, I know that. It was just... That was kind of strange that, that I don't... I didn't really understand the connection at the end. And there, there's that two. weird bit where, There like, is none. <laughs> that, and that's the thing. Like, like it you don't understand it because it doesn't exist. There are so many, like overused anime tropes in this but one of them is like this idea that when your enemy dies or when the per like there, there should there should be this connection between the two people and like this embrace at the end where you have this weird respect or whatever it is between the two people even though like you just killed your enemy well, well that doesn't exist between there like this like well, that, the that's not even just an anime thing i i think in any what's a cultural thing I yeah well i mean in any story you know you you have a hero and a villain that are very much existentially connected you know but the joker has a weird fascination with batman or hell just look at uh infinity war you know uh stark and thanos have a weird connection you know, that but connection thing, has to not... exist. But well, yeah, in in, in, in those examples, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, in those examples I gave, those those they make sense. <laughs> but in yeah, in this, yeah, I, I it's kind of unearned because yeah, it's completely unearned, right? He starts weeping over Metfee's dead body, but it's like a, I they it, it never really built them up as particularly being like like close you know like in the way that like magneto and xavier would be close and that magneto or or xavier whichever one would weep over the others right right um and and it never built uh, them up as even having like any kind of real connection to where you'd you'd weep over them them dying kind of at all like like i'm trying to think of an example but it but you know i mean if they were connected to someone you cared about, you know, like if Metfees had been like, Oh, I can save Yuko, you know? And then, and then Haru has to kill him 
in order to save everyone, but at the sacrifice of Yuko. You know, like, that doesn't even exist. Mm -hmm. So when Haruo starts crying and weeping over Metfi's, there's no connection. And also, he's the one who crushed his skull. (laughs) Dude, I'm really sorry about that. Yeah. It, um. So can we talk a little bit? We, oh, I, I, this is something I I, I want to talk about um, because it, it hit me today while I was thinking about this movie and thinking about talking about it with you guys. With regards to Metfees and and the EXIF and their whole reason for existence it is a very very similar plot hole problem, whatever, however you want to call it, as Pacific Rim Uprising. Now, if you recall, in Pacific Rim Uprising, we learned that the kaiju exist in order to throw themselves into a volcano so they can explode the atmosphere with all the <laughs> carbon dioxide and monoxide from a volcano volcanic explosion, as long as it's like a super mega volcano, in order to terraform the Earth and kill out all so that the precursors can take over. If you recall from Pacific Rim, the dinosaurs were the original kaiju. So if you're doing your math, why wouldn't the dinosaurs all have just thrown themselves into prehistoric volcanoes and terraformed the earth and then the precursors could have taken over? The answer is because it's a shittily written movie. Um, but the, the real answer is it doesn't make sense, right? Like it, it doesn't make sense. Um, you got a similar thing going on here. Okay, the EXIF have looked into the future and realized that all civilizations are going to explode. And so they want to sacrifice themselves to Ghidra. But he also says, now, you guys can correct me if if you think I'm reading this wrong. He says that, like, they want to sacrifice civilizations to Ghidorah kind of at their peak. Because it wants to be like, you want to go up and hit your peak... And before you start, you know, your horrible, horrible downturn to where you're going to blow yourselves up, boom, Ghidra comes and liberates you. And he plucks the freshest, ripest, juiciest fruit of the earth. Right? Correct? Yes. Okay. Also, the movie posits that the EXIF have been sort of coercing humanity since the dawn of time towards this destruction they have coerced us into the creation of the atomic bomb which created godzilla that's that's kind of loosely implied okay so why why do they then allow godzilla to appear destroy most of the population go out into outer space, spend 50 years, lang- or however, what is it, 18 or 20 years languishing in outer space <laughs> to where the population dwindles even further, to then come back to Earth, to then have the population dwindle even further, fighting against Godzilla and fighting with Mecha Godzilla or whatever, to where this is pretty much not the zenith of human existence anymore at all. I have an answer, and I think it's because they say in in the movie there's all this weird nonsense about seed and flowers and fruit and crap, and they talk about right. basically Ghidra is there to kill Godzilla, not so much 
humanity. No, he's there to kill the planet. Well, it's everybody, but he's there to feast on Godzilla first. So Godzilla had to be the what he was, not the fifty meter thing, but the huge monster that we got. That's how I took it. Maybe that I'm wrong. Make, like that doesn't make sense, though. Well, I mean, I'm not saying it's good writing. I'm just saying that's what they talk about in the movie. Also, why would they also and like to your point, they sacrifice like half the people right before two just to get Ghidra there. Yeah. So what what was up with the Godzilla's the they fruit were, stuff? They, it's it's bullshit is what it is. Because it's just Well Matt's the, the religious ex- guy, he can explain it. The ex of he comes out and says that like we we planted our seed with our finger <laughs> and the flowers were humanity and the fruit they bore is Godzilla. And you're like, alright, so if that's all true, then when Godzilla first showed up Gidra should have showed up to eat Godzilla, eat the planet with like 8 billion people on it at the height of its, uh, at the peak of civilization, which, you know, like, cause that would have been the, the high point of human existence before things went to shit. And like, that's the most glorious sacrifice that you can make to Gidra is, is to sacrifice yourself at your highest point. But, then they wait 25 extra years so that there can be about 12 humans left on in existence. Well, like like I said, the whole I think Godzilla had to develop more. I guess. Well, I think there's still humans That's like left never in really the implied. I think there's still they humans like, left in the galaxy. I I, I don't no, think No, there's not. They were all on that they ship. They were all on that ship, bro. They gone. Hmm. I'm pretty sure that's said in like the first movie. Hold on, a hundred percent it is. No. Yes, man. Yeah. All right, hold on, hold on. I'm, 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 wiki, I'm wikiing this. <laughs> we are well prepared tonight. <laughs> As always. That's that's all of human existence is like it's now like about fifteen people. Going back to something that Kyle asked earlier, it, with the window dressing, there's this idea of like seed time and harvest. It's all throughout the Bible and stuff. Anyway, they're pulling from that and they specifically mention that Ghidra wants to feast on the fruit and the fruit is Godzilla. So it's implied that Godzilla had to be at a certain point before Ghidra could come. Now, Tom is right that we put way too much thought into this, probably more than the writers did when they were thinking all this stuff through. Like it sucks that there's two people left and all that other nonsense, but that's what they say in the film that basically the idea was, and Tom, you mentioned this earlier that, that, that five sec, like five minutes in the movie, when they talk about how Godzilla is the ultimate being, the ultimate creature kind of thing, they're trying to tie that back to this idea of Godzilla being the fruit. They just never do it. They never connect those dots. They just kind of like throw them out there and expect everybody to put it right because they don't make enough. Action. They don't make enough of a point that Godzilla. Like I, I know there's that that stuff about fruit, right? And it is it is there. I get, but like they don't make it enough of a point that Godzilla had to become ten thousand years strong, or how many thousands I, of I years agree. strong in order for it to be a proper like because what he basically says is like there's no greater glory than being destroyed by Ghidra, so like why wouldn't you do that right when human civilization is at its peak? They're like because there's that's what the Exif did on on their planet is their civilization reached its peak and then they were like now we're going to let Gidra destroy us before things go bad. Yeah, no, I mean that's 
that is but all then correct. when it comes time you- to do in the same to earth they're like let's let everything get really shitty first bird did you did you do your google fill okay all right here's what i found um so this is for the first movie, Planet of the Monsters. It says, um, so after the failure of Mechagodzilla, which is like in, told to us in the, 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 the first oh, movie. Oh, yeah, when they can't find the keys. <laughs> it says, uh, <laughs> the defeat of the United Earth at Godzilla's hands was the final straw, and the planet's central government organized a desperate plan to evacuate 15,000 humans from the planet and search for a new home world elsewhere in the universe. 10,000 passengers boarded the Horatio, bound for... Kepler 452, while another 5,000 were to board the Eritrum, bound for Tau CT, yeah. some, some fake planet or something. As young Harwa was being escorted, he witnessed Godzilla appear over the horizon, kill everybody, blah, 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 blah. Um, he never forgot what happened to his parents, blah, 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 blah. 22 years... So there's 10,000 people out there somewhere? Well, t- uh, approximately 20, 22 years later, um, uh, when the ship finally reaches its target destination of Tau-E, the ship's passengers have dwindled to 4,000, and resources have been scarce. Um, and then that is when uh, they... Blow go up back the to old Earth. people. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's when they go back to Earth. Yeah, man. So we don't. Know so what so there's. Ship. Yeah, so there's still people out there, I guess. We don't know that though. Nah, you're wrong. Wait, he's <laughs> wrong, or we just don't know? Yeah, what are you saying? I don't think there's people out there, bro. I don't know that it matters. The movie. Uh, yeah, okay, well, I I, I looked the up the matter. that ship. It says that um, uh, in those two decades, um, contact with the other ship had been completely lost. So it, the Horatio is out there, like mm. probably living like a normal life. Probably being <laughs> forgot by the scriptwriters of this. Movie. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. All right. Um, uh, we we should mention the first appearance of Ghidorah, where he, um, like wrecks the the ship, and how the entire scene is just people talking, like while Ghidorah is killing everybody and and typing furiously on a keyboard. <laughs> it's you just hear, and and then like. Oh, he's spinning around. Oh, he's there. Oh, he's not showing up on our sensors. Oh, what is that thing? Oh, I don't know. What could it be? What do you think it is? What do you like? The yes, the whole thing is talking. And and like, like the idea again, the idea behind this version of Ghidorah is kind of cool. That he's this like, I like that he's this like Lovecraftian thing from another dimension. That like it takes these like crazy pagan kind of rituals to bring to earth and then there's a cool thing where they're like when he gets there like people he uh, they say that his appearance like warps space and time so like if if you're around Ghidorah like you're you you become displaced in time but again that's an idea that is said in like a one line of dialogue uh when like there's a character that's like wait like this the monitor says that we're dead but we're not we're lost in time and then they die and then there's nothing else related to that and it's like well that could have been yeah it's like well that could have been kind of neat but no um 
And we, we keep getting this silhouette of what Ghidorah really looks like, but we don't actually see it. Um, of course, there's the a Bandai shot. toy. It's the exact same <laughs> shot that's used, like, five times in the movie. Yeah, several times. Yeah, all we see are the little portals in the sky opening and the little uh, astral projection heads coming down, which... You know, that could have been a cool, like, first battle, and then, like, the real Ghidorah shows up, and they have a real fight, but this movie, I don't know, didn't Doesn't feel like... want Godzilla to move. <laughs> right. Um, and so, I don't know, that's kind of a letdown. Um, yeah, that's that's a that's a, a serious problem, right? Is like, like you said, like, it's a really cool idea that... That Ghidra is this interdimensional creature, and that's how he travels, you know, from planet to planet and all that stuff. Like, that's a pretty cool idea. It really is. Um, <laughs> but then to, to completely undercut all of your tension and and everything that's happening by just having characters explain it to us as it's happening, you know, it's it's. Godzilla raids again. It's narrating to us while we're watching it. You know, I tipped my wings to my friend. And you're like, yeah, I can see that you're doing it. <laughs> this is like, he's overloading the circuits of the ship. I'm like, yeah, I can watch. The, the things are like flashing and sparking. Like, you don't need to say it. I can see it. It's, it's, it's like someone is reading the... Um, the, the the stage directions you know <laughs> it's like the main problem with the film is that they just over narrate everything even the, the fact that like when the fight's going on the reason it lasts so long is because it's intercut with all this other stuff them explaining every single detail of like what's really a 30 second fight between king Ghidra and godzilla like that's that's the main problem with this film is that they don't let stuff that should be focused on, get focused on, and they're too busy telling us about all this other nonsense that we don't really care about. Neat. It's just... It doesn't matter. It, like, like, do you, do we need someone to explain to us that when Godzilla starts glowing, he's getting hot, and then he stops glowing, and it's because God, it's because Ghidra is sucking away his life force, and that Godzilla's I still trying. I thought that was all pretty obvious when he like started going back the other color. Yeah, like, and that, that you could obviously infer for yourself or most. And of that it. Godzilla's still trying to get hot, but it's not working. It's like, yeah, I I can tell that. Like and I don't and I don't need that explained and I don't need the science of it explained because it's bullshit made up science because guess what these things don't actually exist. <laughs> this is this is the equivalent of like this is my, my screenplay is you've walked into a room and there's a dude in the room who's sitting in a hover chair who's like, I will give you $10 billion if you kill your mother. And rather than you like talking about the philosophical and ethical conundrums of that, you're like, man, how does that fucking chair work? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I spend the next... I spend the next two hours explaining this chair, and then at the end, you're like, "Boy, kill my mother! What a pickle!" And everyone is like, "Oh my god, what a what a conundrum he just raised! What a <laughs> what an what an ethical and metaphysical and 
philosophical question he just raised. Like, you don't get credit for just bringing stuff up and not examining it in any way. And the way that this, like, like, because there's going to be people who are like, well, the EXIF talk about, you know, how human existence is doomed to end and all that stuff. So they do talk about it. It's like, that is the most, like, um, philosophy 101 like freshman in college who suddenly thinks he knows everything and comes back home after one semester and tells all his friends and family about how nothing you do is going to matter because eventually the the sun is going to engulf the earth and everything's going to die like that's that's what this is like it's it's there's there's nothing groundbreaking or new about this discussion. Well, the thing is also that a lot of these things that could have been you know uh, good good concepts to explore in a Godzilla movie we we've seen explored better in uh, yeah. tons of other things over the years and in, in science fiction. So and then yeah, and then yeah, they, you really could e equals M C squared guys, and they showed it. Oh, the that was the most hackneyed like. <laughs> I, I if I were like if I were watching this movie under the influence of something I probably would have laughed you know like if I weren't just so exasperated at this point and and just full of just pure seeding hatred towards this bullshit like I would have laughed at that I would have I would have also laughed at the guy who says the Godzilla is a conspiracy because like <laughs> That that shit comes out of nowhere. Like, there's a whole bunch of stuff in this movie that comes out of nowhere. Very at various points that, like, it in a different mood, I probably would have laughed at. That's when he they show him in like Einstein's yeah office or something, right? They basically yeah. say like once the once the bomb happens and monsters are created, that's when like they that's, that's when, when Gidra should come, but yeah. he has to wait twenty thousand years. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, you know one what thing that <laughs> you know another one thing that uh, really hasn't been talked about uh, that that we should is how sexy the Hotu are. You're not <laughs> far. I was gonna say how this trilogy treats its female characters. They put them in comas and make them throw themselves at men. They're all sex pots. That's all they all... Every female... There's only three female characters that you could name in this entire thing. And they all try to have sex with the lead. Well, it's the only purpose they really have. Is to try to have sex. I, I, I would argue that of all the Godzilla movies, uh, this has it's probably the most problematic... Depiction uh, of women. Yes. Quite possibly. Yeah, I, I can't really... I, <laughs> I don't think you can argue with this. Yeah, I... There, there might be another one that has uh, like a problem, like, and I don't because none spring to mind. Um, not in this none, none even no, none even come close to springing to mind. I mean, um, I don't. Maria Patillo in the '98 movie is probably a better female character than any of these. Well, yeah, because she doesn't want to sleep with her boss for a raise. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> These people want to sleep with Haruo just to Connect feel black. something? I guess. I don't... Well, it, it, it is such well, a shallow, like... And he's like... The the only reason he doesn't bang the one is because she can't figure out how to get his suit off. Right. 
And, uh, well, and also the thing is, like, we're never really given a reason why any of these women would find him so fascinating. Why anyone finds him. <laughs> yeah, anybody. That, yeah, that, that even, uh, even Metfees, I don't know why any of these people think he's so interesting. Holy shit, he's my, he's, he's now replaced Shinji as my least favorite anime anything ever. He's a parody of Shinji. <laughs> at least, at least we, at least we know Shinji suffers from a mental illness. So this guy is just. Well, yeah, Shinji, <laughs> Shinji has some depth. At least <laughs> this guy is just uh, angry, and I, I'm still not confused over in all three through all three of these movies. When they get back to Earth, why aren't they like, "Oh, it actually sucks here. We should go." <laughs> yeah. No, I don't understand that either. Like, and I get, I get that this movie, this movie, tr- like the the crazy thing is, this movie really tries to explain that. It does because it tries to play up the um, the influence that Haruo has over everyone, and it tries to play up that the EXIF have been like manipulating everything this whole time, but like. It's it's it really is as if somebody thought of that while they were like, you know, they were they were they were writing this movie. They already had the other two movies done. And someone's like, God, why? Why wouldn't they just leave? And someone's like, oh, I know. I got it. What if there was like this conspiracy? And like, great. Put it in. And like, should we kind of go back and set it up at all? And they're like, no. We'll just drop it in the third movie. <laughs> Everyone can breathe on Earth again in this one too. Should we should we go back and make it so that Haruo is is like interesting and that he's influential? No. <laughs> Just say that he is in the third one and, and people will get it. Do you like how 5 minutes after he finds out that Medfees is the one that kills his grandfather? He kills Medfees and then he hugs him because he's sad about it. His grandfather looks like George Bush, by the way. He totally does. <laughs> well, um, uh, we're, again, I bring up, in the first one, they're so shocked. I, mean, I don't know. In the, what, whichever one where they find the... I guess it's the second one, when they truly discover the the mothra people um they're they're like shocked that they can like breathe and like that they've adapted and they're like oh like we can't even breathe here but in this like everyone's fine he's got his helmet off yeah everything's fine man can we can we talk about how metfi's managed to create an entire cult in like 24 hours was it that long I don't even, yeah, it just seems like everyone woke up one day and joined his cult. I mean, that, that happens in real life, guys. I'm just <laughs> throwing it out there. No, not, like, not that fast, man. <laughs> it's like, I'm a cult member today. It's, it's, it's totally fine. It's, like, like, people do join cults, and people do get, like, swept up in it. People do kill themselves in cults, but, like, it doesn't happen because someone is like, hey... Look at this guy. Isn't he cool? And everyone's like, yeah, that guy's pretty cool. And like, shouldn't you kill yourself for him? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. I think that's one of the things that, like, the idea of of using religion and manipulating people is something that I thought could, for me, it resonates because, I mean, I I do go to church. But, like, there's this idea of how it affects people and the control that it can have over people if you use wrong. And the fact that, as you just mentioned, it's, it's done, like, basically in 10 minutes. Like, that's 
another example of the many where they just have an idea. They just there's there's no build up to anything in this ever. There's never an idea that gets fleshed out and explored, and that that's the entire central problem with with all three movies. It's just so it, it's very frustrating, and and ultimately I think it's boring. I think that's what makes it so boring is they have these concepts and ideas, and the people that like these films they say hey. This, they have a lot of really interesting ideas. Well, that's 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 the thing. Yeah, having an idea doesn't mean the movie's good. Right. You don't get credit for just coming up with an idea. Because what, what you're saying, if if you really think that like that this is a good movie because it's different, right? Because I've seen people say, "Oh, it's trying something different. It's trying something new." Um, it spectacularly fails at it, but but you know if that if that's what if that's you're going to be your argument. Oh, you just don't like it because it's different. You don't like it because it's hard sci-fi. You don't you don't like it because it's just it's not what you expect from a Godzilla movie, right? If that's your argument, then what you're what you're really really arguing is that there's there's no difference whatsoever between the or rather the only difference. Between the people who made this movie and some dude on Facebook who makes a post that's like, wouldn't it be cool if it turned out that Godzilla was just in your mind all along? The only difference is a couple million dollars of budget. I have a question for both because of you guys. That's, that's the extent. That's the extent of this movie's exploration of its themes. No, you're right. I, is, I have a, it's a Facebook post by some guy who barely speaks English. <laughs> I, I have, I have, a, I have a question. My question okay. is: How do you think people would have reacted if Legendary's King Ghidorah looked like the one from this sh- mo- the, these movies? This movie, whatever. Uh, they would have, they would have Shit like their pants freaked out. Well, didn't yes. everyone bitch that the legendary one has a uh, his waist is too small? In fact, they did. <laughs> so if you had one that had, I mean, you can't even really tell that this thing even has eyes, but it also kind of looks like it has about like fifteen of them. <laughs> um, Indeed, it does. And they were basically, and their Gidra was basically just three incandescent pipe cleaners. Um, those rope lights, you know, those rope lights. Yeah, um, you put on your Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You you would have been able to like smell the collective shit that everyone took in their pants. <laughs> Um, well, I smell a segue. Uh, Ooh, speaking of smells. <laughs> um, okay, so, uh, we, we, we have three people responsible for this, basically. We have, uh, um, uh, uh, the two, di- there's, there's two directors, um, and then there is, uh, uh, the screenwriter. Um, now, uh, this, between the last movie and this one, a couple of these guys have gone insane in interviews and stuff. But uh, so uh, again, I, I think they went insane before. Well, yeah, again, you're a Bucci. We're not. I, I don't think we're we we can pin much on him except for just the bad 
screenplays, but he's the writer, but we're, we're not so much going to talk about him. Um, he's actually, like, done a lot of critically acclaimed novels and stuff, so I don't know... Wrong guy for the wrong job, I guess. Um, did he write the screenplay? Yeah, he did the screenplays. So, um, it almost seems like he would have been better off doing, like, the stories. Yeah. Um, and having someone else be like, well... Here's the having because like you said he wrote critically acclaimed novels like having someone else come in and be like okay well that's your story let me show you how it works when there's moving pictures yeah and he works a lot in TV I don't I I don't TV and novels so I don't even I don't know if he's done like he's done I mean he's done the ninety minute the ninety minute movie is that a movie. No, it's it's an anime, but it's a really well known and liked anime. Fate Zero, Common Rider. Well, right again, but that that's TV still. That's a, still a different medium, you know. The he ninety. Did the, he did do the the psychopath movie, but yeah. Um. So I don't know, and he, and he hasn't said anything completely stupid yet. <laughs> so you know, we're not going to give him too hard of a time. We should start right at the top where Toho instructed them. Um, to go easy on the kaiju fights they told them no monster wrestling and they told them make it serious um and i don't know if maybe that has something to do with you know the failure of something like final wars they're still nervous about i don't know but yeah they they've been very toho said because i feel like there was that other thing that said that that's not what toho said well well toho the original translation for this, when they said that, said that they told them to go light on kaiju battles, but then it was more kind of specified that they said no monster pro wrestling, you know. So it would, okay. maybe that means more like don't get campy, kind of. Yeah, don't um, don't don't final wars it. Yeah, like um, if you're gonna have monster battles. They need to be more like um, GMK. Which was which was you know tooth and claw, but not like you know flinging people around by their tails necessarily, um, or um, what would be like like Mothra versus Godzilla? Yeah, yeah. I can I can see my way towards a, towards a good amount of kaiju battles that that aren't pro wrestling. Yeah, but they asked them to make Godzilla not move during the battles because that's a thing that happens. Well, again, uh, that's probably their answer to okay, we're not doing the pro wrestling thing. Godzilla can't wrestle. There you go. <laughs> um, so, but then, oh, Urobochi is the one that said that uh, the focus on you know humans over monsters brings it more in line with the '54 movie. So, I'm, I'm going to give him shit for that, but. Um, but anyway, the, about this is in line with the 54. Movie. Well, no. Uh, so the directors Kobun Shizuno and Hiroyuki Sashita. Um, from what I understand, Sashita was, you know, he's familiar with Godzilla. He knew about Godzilla. Then Shizuno had only seen, I think, two Godzilla movies, barely knew anything about Godzilla. Um, and he was actually instructed not to watch any Godzilla movies when they were making this. Um, in an attempt, I guess, to quote-unquote keep it fresh. Um, 
and then this is where some muddled translation maybe comes into play, but um, uh, Sashida said that if it were just him and Yurobochi, the, the screenwriter, and without Shizuno there, they probably would have had Mechagodzilla um, uh, with the entire city standing tall as a Mechagodzilla, and um, the Tourette's turn into Mechagodzilla heads, but Shizuno stopped that from happening. Um, other translations say that that was kind of more clearly them joking, so who knows. Um, and then uh, also, apparently, they said if it wasn't for Shizuno, the Exifs probably would have worn the sunglasses. Um, well, then you would have been able to tell them apart from everybody else, because everybody looks the goddamn same. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it was also Shizuno who said that, uh, you know, he, he was asking questions during the making of this, like, does he really need to breathe fire? Um, and, uh, I mean, there's a certain German director who, uh, didn't seem to understand or appreciate the franchise that also said the same thing. Um, good news. Cause this Godzilla does not breathe fire. <laughs> yeah. He nose beam. Yeah, a concentrated... It's the same thing Emmerich did, where he's like, well, if he, he needs a breath weapon, but I, how do we make it, like, not that also? How do also? we make it a piece of shit? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's, how do you, it's like, how do you break the rule without breaking the letter of the rule? Yeah. Um, and then, of course, the now infamous quote from Sashida, We welcome getting bashed by the traditionalists. That proves more than anything that we succeeded in creating something different. Again, a certain German director said some very, some very similar things uh, in 1998. Um, I'll let you guess. Uh, it wasn't Werner Herzog. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, I mean, if, if anyone that's heard us talk about Godzilla movies, I think should know, and we, we'll preface this right out the, out the gate, that we don't think, oh, you need to be a fan or whatever. We don't get hung up on that kind of thing. You know, you don't need to be a Godzilla fan or a hardcore to make a good Godzilla movie. There's plenty of directors and writers, uh, who have worked throughout, um, this 30 plus film franchise that were not fans or didn't care about, you know, the integrity of Godzilla. But I think that, I mean, when it comes to something like that, you really can handle it a different way. You can say something like, well, you know, I'm, I wasn't really raised on Godzilla movies, and I thought that I really made the most interesting version of it that I could that would be different for people, and I'm sorry people don't like it, but, um, I'm, I, but I'm proud of it. I mean, you can say something like that, and, you know, you don't have to be a dick and be like, oh, it's good that you hate it. That just means it's good. <laughs> yes, Ag- agreed. <laughs> yeah, you go. You go to this this idea. Like there is this idea. It's a. I still don't understand it. That like you have to be a fan in order to make them. And like fans are still really beholden to this. That's crazy. And- um, our friend. Uh, well, Matt and I know him. Uh, Patrick Galvin. He wrote an article for on uh, Toho Kingdom debunking that and he kind of breaks down and with quotes all the directors that have worked on the godzilla movies that were not fans of the franchise or even the character and many of them actually wrote wrote or directed good godzilla movies ishiro ishiro honda was like 
I hated the idea that Godzilla would fight King Kong, but if you were going to do it, that was the only way to do it. You know, like, <laughs> and, and, and he also says, like, he, he's like, I hated the whole idea of Ghidra. I thought it like the whole movie was way too over the top and ridiculous. But if you were going to do it, that's the only way to do it. And it's like, this guy did not like half the movies he made. And yeah, and and Fukuda hated his movies. And Shizuki Kaneko hated Gamera. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> he he comes out and even says in interviews that he does not did not care about Gamera. He saw a couple of the movies when he was younger and thought they were stupid and terrible. But the only reason he made Gamera at all was because Toho wouldn't let him make a Godzilla movie. And he made what people think are three of the best kaiju movies ever. <laughs> and, and then you look at like, like there are people who are legitimately fans of things who make crap, crap movies in those franchises. So it's like, yeah, being a fan, like Colin Trevorrow, that dude loved Jurassic Park. Look at Peter, and I say this as someone that enjoys the movie, but Peter Jackson's King Kong. That's like, yeah. he's obsessed with King Kong. <laughs> so, so you don't, you don't need, you don't, but, but what you do need is an attitude of, it, it's, it's the, at the bare minimum, you need that Fukuda slash Honda attitude of like, all right, but if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do it the best way that I can. And I'm going to do it with some deference to what it some deference to what it should be and needs to be. And I'm not just going to set out to piss people off. That's a fucked up way to make anything. Yeah, that's, it, what led to, that's what led to Godzilla 1998. That that entire movie. Now, and it's crazy because that movie is head and shoulders above any of these three movies. Um, because, like, it knows how to have a story. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, like, has a progression. Um, but that whole movie, like, everything that, that happens in that movie is a result of... Dean Devlin and Roland Emmerich getting that like Bible of things that Godzilla has to be and being like on almost every single one of those rules being like, how can we get around this? And, and, and it wasn't, it wasn't like it, it wasn't like we have an idea and we have to figure out how to work it into this Bible. It was, here's this Bible. Let's figure out an idea that skirts around all of these rules. You know what I mean? And like that's the attitude that these guys had when they came to it is is it, it's at least what it seems like it is. It's like it's like okay, here's what Godzilla is. Let's go out of our way to not do that at all. And so you get things like he doesn't move. Literally. <laughs> like he we're, we're all pretty convinced that in the entire third movie, he literally does not take a step at any point. Not where they show his feet, like, pick up and move. No, I think there's... But, like, Ghidra picks him up, makes him hover for, like, a second. Yeah, but but he does not, like... He moves his hand a couple times. 
They show him uh, floating behind a mountain as he like he, they talk about Godzilla moving when he wakes up from his nap, but it, he's like two thirds of him is hiding behind a mountain, so he's just kind of like, you know, bumping. So yeah, he 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 doesn't move in this entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> He, his like, eyelids move. He wakes up. Oh, oh yeah, he's got the cutest, happiest old man face, <laughs> and they keep showing it. And and it, like it keeps happening in these moments that that I get the feeling are supposed to be tense, and that you're supposed to be like feeling something. And all I want to do is just like scratch his belly and tell him he's a good boy, and give him a pepperoni, <laughs> like. Imagine if you could get that if you could get that Godzilla like the size of a dog, like to have as a pet. He'd be adorable. He literally looks like <laughs> like my, like he reminds me of the way his uh he's almost got like a beard coming off his chin or something. Looks like my dog. And he's got a constant smile. He's got the most pretty blue eyes. Wait, what what, what is going on in this podcast right <laughs> now? Godzilla's adorable in this? Is what's going on? Um uh, but I then, yeah, like like he shoots he shoots a beam. But it doesn't come out of his mouth. It's not a breath weapon. It is him concentrating his electromagnetic force field and shooting it out. That's what it is. And and I don't like again, I don't really have a problem with that. But what I what I I have a problem with that when it's how do we do it without doing it? Do you know what I mean? Like like how do we get around it? Because they didn't want to do it at all. That's yeah. I, um, well, we should talk about the like uh, we were talking about the implication of the the post credit scene. Yeah. <laughs> so. I, so I guess Haruo gets this kind of. You know, he's got, he's more or less got a wife and child, um, but then he still suicide bombs Godzilla, <laughs> and I guess it, it, I don't know, it almost sounds like they're going for a Nightmare on Elm Street thing of, like, Godzilla can't hurt you if you're not afraid of him, because he keeps asking people, are you, do you think he's scary? And No, well, no, because they say he's scary, so he, he can't hurt you if you don't hate him. But he can because he's Godzilla. (laughs) (laughs) So. But that's the theme. That's what they're going for, I think, right? Is like. Is you. Is. You can't harbor hate in your heart and live peacefully. Well. That's what they're trying to do. I'm not saying they're doing it well. Well, yeah. So, so anyway, so yeah, so he suicide bombs, and and to me that was like a sacrifice. But also, they show those flowers that they didn't show up until this movie um, to signify that hope that it like brought hope forward, right? Yeah. But then. At the end, they're burning an effigy of the mech suit that Haruo sacrificed himself in. And they're in this huge, like, temple that, like, is quite architecturally advanced in appearance. 
and it, and it's a it's a to me i i read and god i hate i hate that we're like analyzing it because it almost gives it like credence as an actual thing instead of just like bullshit but um <laughs> i read it as uh as it's them saying like these people are are worshiping a god it might be a slightly different god than before but they're they're worshiping a god they're still on this path towards destruction right they're still on this like like they're gonna they're gonna figure out a way to advance themselves. They're still worshiping gods. They're they're building up the mythology and the fear, and eventually that'll lead to the hate. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Like um, it's all gonna lead to them destroying themselves, and it just like whoosh, completely undercuts. Haru's character and his arc and his sacrifice. Well, yeah, because his sacrifice is that it's inevitable and it's going to happen again. And if he does this, it might not. Right. And then the post credits is like, yeah, but it still will. And like, why? And it, the answer of why, again, this is this is one of those things of like, why? Because it's a shitty movie. But 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 really, why? Like, I, I don't know. Um, but like, cause the answer of why is so that they can have it as many ways as possible so that anyone who likes this can pick any side they want to defend and then also call anyone who doesn't like it an idiot who just doesn't get it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd... so it's a whole movie that it's a, it's a whole thing that's that's orchestrated and and conceptualized just so that they can make themselves less vulnerable to criticism. Well, there, there's also kind if of the imp- criticize it. You don't get it. Well, there's also kind of the implication that as long as Haruo is around, King Ghidorah could come back. Yeah, but he could just come back as soon as someone else hates Ketelwood. <laughs> I guess. But, but yeah, he takes y- Yuko's body. He basically takes it upon himself to make sure humanity can't advance beyond being, you know, these cave-dwelling Mothra worshippers. And so he's he's made that decision for humanity, which is probably unintentional, but that's also kind of uh, messed up. <laughs> Yes, it is. Because he, it, he, he thinks humanity shouldn't have any ambitions to advance technologically, but, I don't know, he, he's, he's an annoying character who really doesn't deserve to make that decision for anybody. But all the ladies want him, so <laughs> obviously he makes that decision. So, yeah, so that's kind of fucked up. <laughs> it's probably not what they meant to do, but that they... I don't know. That's what they did. Yeah. <laughs> um, Trash. Because it's 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 all in service of this trying to insulate themselves from criticism. It's a it's a very it's a very shrewd, very crass move to insulate yourself <laughs> from criticism and to be able to be like you're criticizing me because you don't get it. 
So, no, I'm criticizing you because you handle it like hot garbage. Pretentious trash. Oh, and then also, did anyone else notice how the only two, the, the only Hotua that actually have character designs are Mayana and Mena, and the others have like some bark shit covering their faces? <laughs> yeah, they, they have like weird masks, yeah. Makes sense. That's lazy, man. <laughs> Well, if you look at the like the character models that they use are all recycled, and then they, even from other Polygon Pictures uh, stuff. Yeah, that's lazy. Yeah, the animation is not not my favorite. I mean, I, I'll, I'll say visually, yeah, to be so kind. Yeah, garbage. Oh yeah, the animation itself <laughs> isn't very good. I mean, I'll say visually. I mean, the worlds that these characters inhabit look cool, but they don't get explored because everyone would rather sit in a room and talk about math all day. <laughs> and they and they only kind of look cool, right? Because there's there's never any scale given to anything. You know what I mean? Like it, this is the biggest Godzilla ever. But at the same time, he could also... He's never next to anything. Yeah, he very well could be, like... (laughs) The smallest. Inches tall. (laughs) Oh, which would be hilarious, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) The entire thing, you have Idra coming down fighting inch-tall Godzilla (laughs) from the clouds. (laughs) But, but, I mean, that's the... There's... I I exaggerate slightly, but, like, there's there's no scale to it. There's... You know, it's never, like... He's never standing next to a building that actually exists or anything like that where you get a sense of the scale. He's just on screen and you're like, "Oh, it's Godzilla." Like, "Okay, I guess he's big." Yeah. This thing is this thing is like 5 times taller than the next biggest Godzilla. For and for all the for all for all the walking around they do in the forest and all these potentially interesting and cool-looking environments, we never see Godzilla in them. He's just always in an area where there's nothing around him and it's just a gray, like, sky. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about how Netflix has the worst Godzilla section ever? <laughs> it's these three in the 98 movie. <laughs> Can we... Sticky with the animation just for a second. It, 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 it's so frustrating because it's, it's the exact antithesis of everything that into the spider-verse just recently did where that movie was like all right we're gonna make an animated spider-man movie we're gonna do everything we can with the medium of animation to make this feel like it is the animated spider-man movie oh and they went all out (laughs) yes we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do stuff that you couldn't pull off in live action and I know, like, people are like, oh, you can pull off anything in live action now with CG, but, like, there gets to be a point, and, I mean, just take take freaking almost any Marvel movie as your example, because I'm sure everyone has at least one Marvel movie that they don't like. There gets to be a point where the CGI becomes, like, so baldly obvious that it pulls you out of a movie, and with what happens in the climax of Into the Spider-Verse, like that would be a moment where you'd, if this were like a live action movie and that were CG, you would be like, I I don't care about what's happening, you know. Um, so they they do all kinds of stuff that you couldn't pull off in live action. Then they really commit to the notion of 
okay, it's animated, yes, but everyone's from a different universe, so everyone's going to be animated slightly differently, so that Spider-Ham actually looks like and is animated like a more traditional like 2D character who he like looks like he stepped out of a Looney Tunes, and Spider-Man Noir like looks like he stepped out of a Noir, and like the uh, the the anime character like looks like an anime character. Do you know what I mean? Like like they they really did everything you could possibly do and and they, they like blew their load with with the notion of being an animated Spider-Man movie. And here we have an animated Godzilla movie that is all of a sudden unencumbered from all of these issues that that you would have in a live action movie in terms of, you know, whether whether you're doing it as either CG that you're trying to blend in with real world environments or suitmation and they constrict themselves more than any of those movies do. They 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 make these movies the way the way they're shot, the way they're framed, the way they're um, brought brought about, the environments that the characters inhabit, the uh, all of that stuff is done as if you were taking this concept and putting it into a you know two million dollar budgeted Toho movie that's made with suits. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a huge missed opportunity because anime lends itself to being able to do like such really unique things that, that really you don't see in the live action, especially with like a Japanese big budget movie. You, you can do a lot more in anime and just make stuff crazy. And they they could have went buck wild, but instead we got what we got. And that to me is another huge missed opportunity because I, I, I watch enough anime and the, the sad part is a Godzilla anime, like if you look at something like Gridman, which is awesome, by the way, if you haven't seen that, Gridman's great, and it's the right way to handle. It it pays tribute to the stuff that that you know the previous shows, but it adds new things to it, and it does it, and it updates it in a traditional anime fashion, and like that's the way to go about doing it. But this movie doesn't care about those things; it cares about you know <clears throat> telling us about uh, math problems and e equals mc yeah. squared and all that crap. And I don't buy that it can't because of budget. That is like such a bullshit excuse. Well, hey, budget you know what? You know what had a low budget but still had like fights and stuff is the Hanna Barbera series. <laughs> Not a very good series, no. Right, but it's it, yeah. it 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 gave kids what they would want out of Godzilla. I'm not saying this should give kids what they want. I think this is obviously a more adult audience. But I mean, come on, man! Growing up, we grew up eating low budget cartoons for breakfast, and they were able to do more things, you know, just with the camera and with you know, action sequences than these. So, yeah, I don't want to hear movie, it. And those were all, those were low budget, and they were all probably more expensive to make than than this stuff because they were all drawn by hand. This is computer generated. Like, you, once you've built the model for something, and that's like where your, your budget all goes, is like building the model for a thing. Once you've built its skeleton and its skin textures and everything, and the model is built, that's it. Moving it around and manipulating it doesn't take anything extra to do. I mean, it does. I I know I'm not like an animation expert or anything, but like the hard part was done. 
And the easy part is what they were like, nah, just don't have him move. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it's it, it's funny because you right like everyone swallowed it in Shin Godzilla, um, or at least like most people did, because they were like, well, you know, we sacrificed some fluidity of movement for quality of the CGI and. I, I, I don't want to get off on a whole Shin Godzilla tangent because I, I do take some umbrage with calling the CGI and the movie quality. But I will admit, like, a lot of the shots of the full-grown Godzilla look good. And some of them, even though they say it's 100% CGI, I'm like, it, that is actually so good, I'm not convinced that it's CGI. So so kudos, right? So, so we, we swallowed it there. But, like you're not striving for that here. Like you're not striving for, for realism in something that's a hundred percent CG. So he doesn't have to not move. Yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> he, does, he, he does float in the clouds. That's how they make him move. But I, it's I such a wasted opportunity. It's in, it's maddening. How, I, 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 how did you make an anime Godzilla that is so wildly uninteresting? <laughs> I don't know. Anime has some of the craziest shit happen to it in in the universe. There's an, there's entire like there's entire communities on like Reddit and Instagram and Facebook dedicated to taking clips or screenshots from animes out of context because anime has insane shit happen in it. <laughs> and that this, is an awesome group on Facebook. This is <laughs> this is the antithesis of all of that. How much how many golden christmas lights do you give this out of 5? A half. <laughs> because I'm gonna, it, be, because things kind of at least happen in this one. I gave it a one because I gave the other one to half, and this one is better, but not by much. Um, I'll go a little because, uh, like, it's kind of forced me. Because, like, now that it's over, you're thinking, like, okay, this is what it all led up to. So it like makes you go and rethink what the first ones were. So in that light, I think I gave it a little higher. The first one I'm gonna put down to one. City on the Edge of Battle. I honestly don't remember if I gave it zero or a half. Yeah, that was like your lowest rating ever, I think. For a Godzilla movie, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I'll just say a half, just to be generous. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. This one, I don't know. I might do. I might do like a one and a half. That's still what would you give all three of them like as a group? As one, if I were to merge them all oh into like, if I was to think of this as one, a zero thing. Well, what how, mathematically? How does that make sense? No, if I were to consider them the as if I were to consider them as one thing, I'd give them a fucking zero. If I were, if mm. I was to consider you know this all one, I would give it one. I think you know what I'm. I lied. If if I were to consider it all as one big thing, and I'm going to revise my ranking on this one slightly, but I'm going to give the I'm going to give them the same ranking. It's negative one half. With again, you know, remember when I say negative, it's it's not necessarily like like 
if I gave something negative 100, it would be like the most amazingly bad thing ever. <laughs> um, so it's, it's just the closer to zero you are, the worse you are. I can go with the negative one half because I think there's a lot of incompetence on display here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think they deserve to go on the positive side of the scale. Um, but there's no entertainment value. I could see the third one possibly making a decent riff tracks. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I think the second one is the worst by far. Um, I mean, yeah, there's a whole thing I consider this They're just garbage. This it's a it's a tr- it's truly is a failed experiment, and um, they really just geez for for Toho holding out on animation so long for Godzilla, and this is what we got. It's really a shame. Uh, and, and I was just lamenting in our thread earlier that, uh, you know, at one point, Ashiro Hondo said, you know, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we did a full-out, like, f- colorful, Disney-esque, uh, classically animated retelling of Mothra? And, I mean, in the 80s and 90s, that would have just made a billion dollars, but we didn't get that, and we waited 20 more years to get this, so. <laughs> All right, well, uh, does anyone have anything else? I mean, it's over, we're... We, I'm happy that it's over. I you know, we can we can look forward to uh, the, the culmination of the MonsterVerse as, you know, the next big thing and um hey, did you guys ever talk about the second trailer on any of your episodes uh, no but episodes behind uh it, it's good yeah <laughs> you <laughs> want to see the movie it i uh yeah it it um it, it's really good um i think it it just in terms of just touching base on that briefly like um I a lot of my friends know that I'm a big Godzilla fan, but like they don't, they do not care. You know what I mean? Like, like they they never even like bring up Godzilla because they're just like, oh yeah, Tom likes that, whatever. I don't, I don't fucking care. Um, one of my friends must have seen it, I think, before Aquaman, and um, we're in like this big group text with like ten people, and he like texted everyone like after the movie. He was like, I saw Aquaman, and then he, and then like his very next text was the new Godzilla movie looks awesome. It's funny when I saw Aquaman, like I walked in as the trailers were playing, and like the second I walked into the theater, the Godzilla trailer like was timed like for my entrance. It was amazing. <laughs> it summoned you, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but so yeah, that's it's a really it really looks awesome. Um. Try not to overhype it in my head at this point. Yeah. I'm just like, I know I'm going to see it. I know it looks good. I just well, you're just going right to do there. the thing you do when you first see any movie, no matter how hyped you are. You're going to come away and say, oh, it's okay. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, the, the the kaiju designs all look good. I like them all. Um, Mothra, not so much, but she's fine. Yeah, I think I think we can... Uh, head out here but uh yes uh tom thanks for joining and uh uh, thank everyone at home for listening um and we'll we'll be back to our normal schedule in a soon um matt and i like to save up a bunch of episodes uh but we're running out of those and of course on the heels of doing this i ask matt what's the next episode you want to do and he says how about gunhead and sayonara jupiter so (laughs) i think he's just planning on killing us uh so true that did happen uh anyway 
yeah. I'll skip those. Yeah, I, I, please. I mean, I'd kind of like to see a reaction to to those, but... Let it, me know when you're doing your Godzilla versus the Sea Monster commentary. It'll happen one day. We'll see, but... That way I can be on all the island movies. Uh, all right, well... Uh, yeah, bye. <laughs> <laughs>